Percy, there's a quote by L. Frank Baum that says, No thief, however skillful, can rob one of knowledge, and that is why knowledge is the best and safest treasure to acquire. How do you react to that? Well, Wayne, I think the overriding principle I hear in this allegory is that knowledge, you know, information can provide us value and protection from the thief of ignorance. And I wholeheartedly agree with L. Frank Baum. And perhaps we should disseminate some knowledge today regarding breast cancer awareness to run off any potential thieves. Yeah, I like running off thieves. So stay tuned as you'll hear from a breast cancer surgeon and researcher who will provide us with some important breast cancer knowledge today. The following program is produced and sponsored by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Percy McRae. Pastor McCray is National Director of Specialized Outreach at City of Hope, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. And Percy, we're going to focus on breast cancer awareness now. We are, and we're going to talk about things that are relevant with regard to some information, some basic core things that I think that everyone should be aware of. And who better to help us with that is a breast cancer uh, surgeon and researcher. Uh, and she's going to help us to kind of unpack some knowledge and some information so that we can run off the thief of ignorance, as we re- alluded to earlier. Yeah, you had quite an opportunity to uh, speak with our guest. And we're going to hear those uh, interviews uh, this week and next on the podcast, as a matter of fact, uh, Dr. Veronica Jones. So we really look forward to this information. I don't know of a family. I was trying to think ahead of time here. I don't know of a family that hasn't been touched in some way by breast cancer, Percy. It's just it's just so common and, and unfortunately among people today. Yeah, breast cancer is uh, very relevant and br- very prevalent in our community and our society. And and Dr. Uh, Veronica Jones, who we'll hear from in just a second, kind of digs into some of that in this conversation and a subsequent conversation that we'll have with her around kind of the, the rates of diagnosis and et cetera. So it's an important conversation and we all should be aware of it based upon that fact. Yeah. Well, right off the bat here today, let's mention our free resource. It's called Cancer 101. This can be another helpful companion to the conversation we're going to have today. So look for that online at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Download it, use it, Cancer 101. We'll say more about that later. We always like to uh, turn to scripture before we do anything else on the program, Percy. So uh, what have you chosen as our scriptural passage now? Yeah, I have a great word here, and and uh, as I was researching and 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 kind of searching for something that would be relevant as an undergirding principle here, I found something in Proverbs twenty fifteen that I think is so applicable, and so it reads as follows. Listen carefully today uh, uh, to our spiritual nugget, and it says, "Gold there is, and rubies in abundance, but lips that speak knowledge." are a rare jewel. And today we're going to hear from a rare jewel of an individual and healthcare professional that's going to provide us with a lot of knowledge. Indeed, I agree with that. All right. Well, we're going to hear that interview in a moment. First, if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope with locations from coast to coast. Their team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors. There are nurses, allied health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, market professionals, volunteers, and support staff, of course, all united by their desire to find cures 
and save lives. City of Hope is dedicated to tailoring a combination of cancer treatments to the needs of each individual patient, from advanced genomic testing to state-of-the-art technologies and evidence-informed supportive care therapies that target cancer-related side effects. Comprehensive services are delivered by a team of cancer experts. Their national network also includes many clinical care locations, offering consultations and other medical services in a convenient outpatient setting. So visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about City of Hope. Or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. It's easy to remember, 866-712-HOPE, or 4673. City of Hope uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, let's learn together about breast cancer and be aware of what we can do in this situation. As we meet today's guest, here's Percy McRae. Hey, 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 it's me, Pastor P, and I am back again with another episode of Health, Hope, and Inspiration, and I have a compelling conversation. I tell you that every week, don't I? But I do, and I'm going to keep my promise with you this week as I am going to bring to our microphone today Chief and Assistant Professor in the Division of Breast Surgery and Breast Cancer Researcher at City of Hope, California since 2015, the one and only Dr. Veronica Jones. Welcome to the platform. How are you, my dear? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you. This is our first time really having a chance to meet, and we spoke a little bit before we started to record. And uh, I, I, I t- uh, I'll tell the audience what I told you. I was reading through your bio, and it is it is super impressive. The what you have done, uh, your background, your studies, et cetera, et cetera. You are well versed uh, for this conversation, and we're so excited to have you here today. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Thank you. So having said that, uh, in the spirit of breast cancer awareness uh, that is observed during the month of October, um, I wanted to reach out to someone that could sit down, particularly from a a clinical perspective, a physician, to kind of help us kind of unpack this disease. We talked to a lot of women, and I've interviewed quite a few women with breast cancer, uh, and I've interviewed, I think, one gentleman who has had breast cancer on the show. But I wanted to kind of get a physician's doctor's kind of uh, POV point of view and and kind of help educate our audience a little bit. So let's have a conversation uh, today about this disease, if you don't mind. First and foremost, let's start out with some numbers, some some current data and some statistics that we can cite that people can kind of get a, a, a kind of a sense of the scope and the breadth and the width of this disease, if you don't mind, Doc. Right. Yeah. So Breast cancer is actually the most common cancer diagnosed among women mm. by skin cancer. Okay. So it's estimated that about one in eight women will get breast cancer at some point in their lives. And I don't say that number to scare people, but just really to let everyone know how common it is. Yeah. Now that one in eight number is not one in eight 40-year-olds or one in eight 50-year-olds is if you had a full room of, say, 90-year-old women and you polled them, one in eight of them would have had breast cancer at some point in their life. Okay. Um, breast cancer is primarily a breast cancer that, or a cancer that's diagnosed um, at an 
older age, not old, okay. <laughs> but it's older okay. age um, of about 62. That's not to say that young, young women can't get breast cancer. I certainly have patients who are very young who have been diagnosed with the disease, but it, it typically happens at a later stage um, of about, you know, your risk is about 12 to 13 percent in your lifetime. And interesting, and I'm glad that you made the latter point, thank you for sharing some of those numbers with us, is that is it true or not that we are seeing younger women being diagnosed than ever before? Is that accurate or not? That is accurate. Yeah, we are seeing um, younger women being diagnosed with the disease. Um, And I don't have a great answer. For, for exactly why that is. I, I wish I did, mm-hmm. um, but, but we are seeing it in younger women. Okay. And so with that being said, I think that that's super important. Thank you very much. Let's transition and talk about screening recommendations. We know the important conversation about cancer and, and being a former cancer patient now going on my fifth year is screening, early detection, et cetera, et cetera. Give us some screening recommendations, ages, et cetera. Yeah, no, great, great question. This has been a debate lately um, among the, you know, the people who treat breast cancer. Really? Yeah, it it has been. I want to say off the bat that there are screening recommendations for what we call average risk. And then there are screening recommendations for what we would call high risk. Okay. And it is super important for everyone to to be empowered to know their risk for getting breast cancer. Okay. Because that number that I quoted earlier is for average risk. Ah. But you may not be an average risk if, say, you have a family history Hmm. of cancer or if you've had a biopsy in the past that was determined to be abnormal. So... If you have those factors, which I, I think we'll talk about later, mm-hmm. it, then the, the recommendations that I'm about to give may not apply to you. Okay. So the first thing is to know your risk. Now, once you've done that, if you are at average risk, you should start mammograms at age 40 and then have mammograms every year. Some, some societies will say every other year. But in the American Society of Breast Surgeons, we advocate for yearly mammograms starting at age 40. Okay. Well, I appreciate you making the distinction of, again, uh, high risk, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The distinction there is important. And again, I think the key takeaway there is, as I heard you say at least twice, know your risk factors, which is important there. Okay. So we highlight that. With that being said, then... um, that that's important. Let's talk about, and I I'm recently being educated around the idea that uh, I shouldn't say recently, uh, being reminded more recently of the fact that uh, all cancers are not the same, even though they may be in the same category. And in this particular case, this is true with regard to breast cancer. Uh, are there different types of breast cancer? And let's talk a little bit about those. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm so glad you brought that up because type is very important in breast cancer management. We will base all of our treatment recommendations on the type 
of breast cancer that someone has. There are different types. And mostly we classify breast cancer based on how responsive it is to hormones Hmm. and in particular estrogen. So there are some breast cancers that really feed off of estrogen, right? That hormone um, in women's bodies, Mm -hmm. everyone has it, but, but breast cancer can feed off of that hormone Mm. and it's estrogen driven. Those types of cancers we're going to treat very differently than the ones that do not need estrogen to survive. Ones that don't need estrogen to survive are often called like triple negative breast cancers. Mm. If you've heard of those, yes, those are the ones that do not feed off of hormones at all. Um, we also look at um, a protein, a protein called HER2, and that is something that will help us distinguish different breast cancers. So, when someone is diagnosed with breast cancer, we look: does it respond? the estrogen, like does it feed off of estrogen? Mm-hmm. Does it have this protein called HER2? Okay. And when we answer those two questions, that helps us to determine how this particular person should be treated. Meaning, do they need chemotherapy? Do they need pills? Mm. Do they need, you know, other more novel like therapies like immunotherapy? Mm-hmm. And it's all based on the estrogen and the HER2. Okay, and that's that's super important, and I'm sure that people are, are taking notes with regard to that. That being said, um, let's talk about some, well, before I do that, before I transition, I've heard these two terms bounced around, and I don't know where they fit into the last point. Uh, BRCA1, BRCA2, What can you kind of give us a little quick down and dirty explanation of what that is or isn't? Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a great question. So um, there's been a lot of advances in cancer treatment, right? That is the, the really good news here. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> that we know a lot more today than we've ever known in, in the history of medicine. And one of those things, right, is genetics. We now know that there are certain genes that can predispose someone to cancer. Not saying that you're automatically going to get it if you have a certain gene, Mm -hmm. but just that you have a higher risk or a higher chance. And knowing that someone has a higher chance can help us to prevent it in more people. So BRCA1, BRCA2, those are just genes that can predispose someone to developing breast cancer. It's one of those genes that increases your risk above that average risk, right? It's important for everyone to know their risk, including if they have a gene that causes breast cancer, like BRCA1 or BRCA2. And would it be safe to say, Lord knows I am not a doctor and I don't play one on TV. This is where genetic testing comes into play and that sort of thing? Yes. Yes, exactly. So genetic testing would reveal if you have a BRCA1 or BRCA2 mm-hmm. gene mutation or any of the other gene mutations that cause 
or predispose you to a particular cancer. Okay, great. And of course, uh, we are not giving anyone any medical recommendations here. You no. need to make sure that if you're listening to go see your medical provider and, and follow up with those appropriate conversations and testing as needed. Thank you for that, Doc. With that being said, let's talk about, and you, you alluded to it earlier, and yes, we want to talk about it right now real quickly. What are some of the factors that may increase risk for developing breast cancer that people should should be mindful of? Yeah, yeah. So number one is family history. Mm. I encourage everyone to know as much as possible your family history, who has had cancer, what type of cancer mm -hmm. and how old they were when they were diagnosed. Okay. That is the, the number one thing that you want to know. Um, based on that information, you may qualify for genetic testing. Okay. Not everyone needs genetic testing, mm. but if you have cancer that runs in your family, you may qualify for testing. Okay. And that's something that can help your clinician to easily identify your risk of developing breast cancer. Mm. And then they can tailor your screening based on your risk level. Okay. Okay. That's super important. So family history, I would say, is number one. Okay. And if you don't know your family history, if, if, People don't talk about it or you um, are adopted or, or just you don't know a part of your family. You may qualify for genetic testing. Okay. We, we actually um, we actually account for that when we determine if someone qualifies. So don't feel like you, you, you don't have power in this game. So <laughs> if you even if you don't know your family history, still talk to your your provider about whether or not you qualify for genetic testing. So that's number one. Um, some things that are kind of in your realm of, of control in terms of decreasing your risk for breast cancer have to do with how much estrogen you're exposed to in your lifetime. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. Breast cancer, a lot of breast cancer is fed by hormones. Right. And so things that increase your hormone level throughout your lifetime can increase your risk for breast cancer. Mm. What do I mean by that? Hormone replacement. Okay. Birth control. Right? Ooh. Those things are you taking estrogen. Mm -hmm. Right? You are you are ingesting it or you are you are taking it. And so that will increase your estrogen level and thereby it can increase your risk for breast cancer. So if you want to kind of think of it in a big bucket, it's anything that will increase your estrogen level over your lifetime can increase your risk for breast cancer. Yes. And Doc, okay. what's interesting about that, I remember I was invited to, thank you, and it it, it, it just uh, jolted a thought in my head, and, and tell me if I'm incorrect. I was at a breast cancer conference where I was invited to be, I was the only male on the panel, and it was all female <laughs> doctors, and I was like, okay, but they wanted me to talk about, uh, and we may get into this uh, at some point, about the role of spirituality and faith and so on and so forth. But what one of the docs did say or suggest possibly could be uh, a reason to contribute to 
uh, particularly younger women maybe being diagnosed was the fact of this last point that uh, if 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 women start taking birth control earlier uh, or younger uh, mm-hmm. or also the fact that uh, in some cases, for whatever reason, um, younger girls who start their menstrual cycles very early, mm-hmm. that that may and, and she used the word may and you can debunk this or not if you feel free to do so. This is not a colleague of yours, so certainly feel free to say, <laughs> no, nah, that's not correct. Uh, Maybe a, a possible contributor to the whole estrogen conversation. What say you about that? Right. Yeah, no, it's it's a good thought. It is a possibility because, right, being exposed to estrogen um, can increase your risk of breast cancer. Now, I want to take this opportunity to say that I am in no way bad-mouthing birth control pills, hormone replacement, or anything like that. I am not saying there are absolutely indications for those medications, for hormone replacement, for taking estrogen for whatever reason. So I am not saying that those are bad medications, you know, across the board. They are, they are necessary in many, many circumstances. Okay. um, What I am saying is that I think that people should be aware of the potential risk, right? A lot of, a lot of medicines, (laughs) have risks. Right. And so, you know, so that's, that's potentially one of them for, um, you know, estrogen related medications. Now it could be contributing to the, the rise. Uh, girls are getting periods earlier, meaning you are being exposed to estrogen for a longer period of time. Right. That and, is absolutely correct. Okay. And that was, that was the school of thought that was being suggested by this particular uh, breast cancer oncologist who had, yeah. had who just offered that as a possibility. There was no hard data or research. Right. That, there, there's not. Okay. No. And I think it's important that we just simply as a disclaimer say that, but, but we're just talking potentially as a possibility of things. So I appreciate. Yeah. And, uh, and that just proves that I was listening uh, when I was sitting on that panel. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you been, very well. Yeah, well, good. You know, because I've I've been on many panels and I've been part of many big discussions where sometimes I think people who who are they're just waiting on their turn to speak and then they kind of check out either before <laughs> or after. I was I was very engaged in that entire conversation. Let's talk a little bit about uh, obesity, if you will, um, and uh, being sedentary lifestyle. We know after COVID. You know, that was a huge dynamic that we had to work through. What do those dynamics possibly contribute to uh, developing breast cancer? Right. Yeah. So actually, interestingly, fat cells make estrogen. Ah. (laughs) Right back to increasing your exposure to estrogen. And I, I don't I don't mean to say that that's the only thing that can cause cancer or mm. cause breast cancer is just a contributor, but it is a, a recognized contributor Okay, um, is how much estrogen you're exposed to. Um, and so o- obesity um, kind of goes along with having more fat cells and increasing estrogen levels, increasing inflammation in the body. Mm. Um, That's what's being sedentary also contributes to is increased inflammation in the body. And just a quick, um, a quick, you know, side note is 
if someone has been diagnosed with breast cancer, exercise will decrease your risk of it coming back. Okay. So just want to put that out there. Yeah. If, if anyone who's listening has been diagnosed with breast cancer, exercise can decrease the risk of it coming back by about 30 to 35%. Wow. It's a really big risk reduction. So exercise is very important for preventing breast cancer, but also preventing it from coming back if someone has already had it. That's huge. Well, listen, Doc, we've run out of time and there's more that we have to talk about here. So what I am going to do, and you and I didn't talk about this beforehand, we're going to re- we're going to record a second segment uh, if time will permit, uh, because there are still a couple other things I think that's important as we highlight for breast cancer awareness observed in the month of October. I think that there's a lot here to try to unpack, and we just simply didn't have enough time to get through all of that at, on this particular episode. But don't forget that I'm going to have uh, this wonderful surgeon, this wonderful uh, uh, can- breast cancer researcher. She's going to come back and she's going to help us with some other things, particularly around uh, treatment uh, recommendations and options. Uh, are there any uh, new treatment developments coming down the pipeline? And uh, and then I want to ask her what motivated her to become a physician. So with that, we'll close here today. You have heard from, uh, and I'm going to say the one and only, uh, because she's the only one that I know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chief and Assistant Professor in the Division of Breast Surgery and Breast Cancer, uh, a breast cancer researcher, Dr. Veronica Jones. She has been at uh, City of Hope uh, Cancer Centers, California, since 2015. And uh, we're going to have more when we come back the next time with her. Thank you, Doc, for spending time with us. And I look forward to having a second conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to it. So very helpful. Our thanks to Percy McCray and Dr. Jones, of course. And as they said, we'll be hearing from her on a future podcast here in Health, Hope, and Inspiration. We'll talk with Percy again in just a moment, but we are excited to announce that Health, Hope, and Inspiration and Abide Meditations are teaming up to make a premium subscription of Abide's mobile app free to this HHI community, this Health, Hope, and Inspiration community. Abide makes Bible meditations delightful. You can learn to meditate in five minutes a day and rest peacefully with Abide's Bible-based sleep stories. Here's what you do. Text HHI to 22433 for your free subscription. You can quiet your mind, relax your body. Text HHI to 22433. Once again, HHI to the number 22433. And we believe you will be blessed and encouraged. Well, Percy, as we said, this is a part of our attempt to bring attention to this issue of breast cancer. It really is so very common, isn't it? It really is. And Dr. Jones reminded us, and, and I just want to highlight the fact that this is a, a highly trained, highly skilled and learned uh, healthcare professional. She's the assistant professor uh, in the Division of Breast Surgery, and, and she's a breast cancer researcher and surgeon. So, wow. Wow. you know, we're not just talking somebody just walking down the street <laughs> just right. casually yeah. giving us information. This is a go-to uh, person. She really is. And and just she was just a wealth of knowledge. But a couple of things that she said that I thought was important to reiterate that breast cancer is the most common cancer diagnosed among women behind skin cancer. Oh, I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. And that one in eight women or approximately 13 percent of the female population in the U.S. will develop potentially develop breast cancer in their lifetime. So. 
again, I often uh, tell people just sit in a room at a restaurant at a social gathering and count off every eighth person that you see. Mm-hmm. Not that that specific person, but th- it gives you a sense of yeah. from a numbers perspective of how common this disease is. Right. Yeah, your conversation with her, and of course, there's more to come, as we said in that future interview, but what uh, what stuck out to you is important to remember? Well, there was a couple of things. First of all, I thought it was important that she highlighted the fact that there are different types of breast cancer. I think typically when, when we talk casually, you know, as unlearned uh, healthcare professionals, we just lump breast cancer into one category, right? One group. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is that there are different types of breast cancer. And I think that all women should be aware of that and that that they have a distinction between uh, breast cancers that feed off of hormones versus those that do not. I thought that that was very intriguing because it certainly makes sense in terms of how one would prescribe a treatment protocol based upon that fact. So uh, that was one thing that stood out to me. And then the other thing that stood out to me is that uh, the doc said that, you know, that we know more today about this disease and the, than ever in the history of medicine with regard to breast cancer. And the good news is, is that there are just more options and opportunities to address this disease than any time before. So uh, when I hear that and when I heard that, uh, I was just highly encouraged. And I hope that anyone and everyone listening also feels the same way, because you know what we're about on this show, Wayne. We're about inspiring people and providing hope as well as education. And again, being a now, you know, going on my fifth year as a cancer uh, patient, I think it's super important that people understand that today when we hear the word cancer, cancer is not necessarily a death sentence or the death sentence that it may have been, say, 15, 20, 30 years ago. There are so many more things that can be done and so many more people who are living and surviving through a battle of cancer, and that's also true with regard to breast cancer. Yeah. Uh, let's recap what she said about breast cancer and the age of uh, of the person. Yeah, she gave some interesting information, and I think uh, the quote was, according to the American Society of Breast Surgeons, uh, that they recommended that yearly mammograms start at age 40. Uh, so I thought that that was important, but that typically... Uh, not exclusively, that breast cancer is a disease that is diagnosed in older people, not old people. And she Mm -hmm. made that distinction, Mm -hmm. but in older uh, individuals. And I thought that this caveat, that based upon what I had heard, but I did not have quantified, and I actually did a little research to make sure that, again, my school of thought was correct, but but Dr. Veronica did uh, confirm this, is that Uh, She said that she is seeing more younger women being diagnosed with breast cancer in the day and age that we live in. And I thought it would be important to just kind of cite this according to the CDC. And this was something that I kind of dug up and did a little research. It says about 9% of all new cases of breast cancer in the United States are found in women younger than 45 years of age. So though this may be typically a disease that is being diagnosed with older women, Mm -hmm. we are also seeing an increase of younger women being diagnosed uh, with breast cancer. And one of the things that we, or a couple of things that we talked about was, again, typically breast cancer is driven by exposure to estrogen, the hormone, and that younger women who may be, uh, you know, utilizing birth control, of course, you know, that 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 is helping with that hormone uh, additive of estrogen and the fact that uh, 
younger girls are starting their menstrual cycles earlier, which means they are being exposed to more estrogen at an early age. So it, when you sit and think about those components, that may be why uh, one reason that we are starting to see younger women being diagnosed with breast cancer under the age of 45 years old, according to the CDC, about 9% of all new cases of breast cancer in the United States are found in yep. women younger than Hence 45 Hence that recommendation old. that these mammograms should be done annually starting at age 40, perhaps even younger, huh? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense at the end of the day. So again, what what is the theme of today's show? Knowledge, running mm -hmm. off the thief of ignorance. Yeah. And so, and, and and so this is good information for I think that everyone needs to have and to be reminded of for sure. It was also very helpful to hear you talk with uh, Dr. Jones about screening rep recommendations for average risk and high risk. Yeah, that was that was very educational to me because she wanted to make the point and she made it several times that it is it is super important that individuals understand their risk factors uh, for breast cancer and that there there are two kind of categories of a high risk and a normal risk. And so she did uh, cite some things. She said we needed to be reminded that there are different screening recommendations for those. High risk, and, and she gave some examples, can include people with previous family history of the disease. She said everyone needs to learn their family history, have some conversation with your mothers, your aunts, and et cetera, uh, and then have or one who may have had an abnormal biopsy. And then here's the big one, and none of us likes to hear it because we all kind of have to work through this. I know I have to constantly battle the the, the battle of the bulge, mm -hmm. is dealing with the idea and the element of obesity because fat cells make estrogen. And so when we think about that, it makes a lot of sense how being overweight could potentially create a high-risk category for one in uh, being able to contract uh, breast cancer. So these are some; these are just important facts and pieces of information and knowledge that we need to have in our back pocket and understand and know. Yeah, indeed. Well, uh, breast cancer awareness is normally observed in the month of October. We just think it's a good idea to keep uh, keep aware at all times, you know, not just during one month, right? That is absolutely correct. So we we know it's celebrated during the month of October, but we know that breast cancer doesn't just happen in October. No. So yeah, we need to be vigilant you know, 24-7, you know, 365 days a year as we continue to to be alert and stay on the wall and look out uh, uh, as we fight against that enemy of ignorance, as we alluded to today. And we thank God for the jewel of knowledge that came from the lips of Dr. Veronica Jones. She blessed us today. She really did. Yep. And we look forward to that future conversation that will be heard here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hey, before mm -hmm. we leave, let's mention the resource again. Cancer 101 is being offered right now on our website as our featured resource. Of course, lots of resources there, but check that out. Cancer 101. Tell us what's uh, what's in it. This resource is, is exactly what we typically hear in the language of when we say, you know, uh, building a house one on one, you know, uh, you know, changing the oil in your car one on one. <laughs> it's just the basics of information. And I thought that this uh, particular uh uh, uh, document will go well with today's conversation because it talks about cancer as an overall, not specific to breast cancer. Well, you can have it right now by going to healthhopeandinspiration.com, or you can also sign up to subscribe to this podcast, by the way, if you haven't done that already. Make sure you do that uh, either at our website or on any number of uh, podcast platforms, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Now I see why Proverbs 20, verse 15 was so, uh, so uh. helpful in setting up today's uh, guest. It, it was a find. I tell you, when I came across, I said, this is perfect, particularly given who we spoke to today. 
in Dr. Veronica Jones. And so uh, our spiritual nugget as we close says this, gold there is and rubies in abundance, but lips, thank you, Dr. Veronica Jones for the lips, but lips that speak knowledge are a rare jewel. And what a jewel she is, was, and will continue to be to us and, and breast cancer patients all around the world as we continue to run off the thief of ignorance as we continue to gain more knowledge. Percy, it's always so instructional, so helpful, so educational to listen. I appreciate uh, what you've done here today in bringing Dr. Jones to us. Thank you so much. Well, as we continue to run off the thief of ignorance, it requires work, right? So remember, keep chopping the wood, folks. We've got work to do. We need to be vigilant and we need to be on our post as we continue to fight back and fight the good fight of faith with good medicine, good science, our faith, uh, good nutrition, love, and support as we continue to believe that the best is still yet to come. We'll talk to you very soon. Take care. God bless. All right. That's Percy McRae of City of Hope, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to Help, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Our hospitals in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona are dedicated to making a difference in the lives of cancer patients. Our team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, and volunteers and support staff, all united by our desire to find cures and save lives. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. City of Hope is dedicated to tailoring a combination of cancer treatments to the needs of each individual patient. From advanced genomic testing to state-of-the-art technologies and evidence-informed supportive care therapies like spiritual support that target cancer-related side effects, comprehensive services are delivered by a team of cancer experts. Our national network also includes many clinical care locations, offering consultations and other medical services in a convenient outpatient setting. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.